Turn three, and we are back with an all new episode. Today's show, we recap the Monday Madness and the 500 laps around the half mile paperclip in the Virginia Hills and take a big look ahead to 500 miles at Texas coming up in a couple of weeks. From Brooklyn in New York City, my name is Matt. My name is Dan. And this is DIT3. Thanks for tuning in to Debris in Turn 3. Uh, we're back six weeks in, and we finally missed our first show. Hey, it's not our fault, though. Yeah, I mean, we've had four Nor'easters in a row. Been working like crazy. Yeah, it, it was bad. Well, to you happen. have been. Yeah, but you were working, right? You were working this week. Yeah, I did. I, I was lucky enough to go and uh, help out at the New York Auto Show that's going to be in town, Jacob Javits Center, this weekend. Yeah. So I was there last week, and I didn't go back this week, which was kind of a little bit of a... I didn't really like it because I want to get a chance to see some cars, and I didn't get to yeah. do that. <laughs> I just got to hang out with all the people setting up for Mercedes and BMW and Lexus. and That's pretty cool. It was. I mean, it was cool to be there and see how it gets set up. And from what I heard from a lot of the guys, that this was one of the better shows to do because they had these giant trusses that they have in the rafters with all the lights and uh, all the audio and visual cables on it and stuff like that. And they lower them down. They're already rigged to go up, but they kind of lower them down right at kind of like uh, chest level. Uh, and where in some of these other shows that they have there where they have little individual booths, you have to kind of climb up on top of them and do some work. This was nice. They all kind of came right down. Nice. But for me, who's been dealing with a kind of a little tear in the shoulder, it, it was almost at the worst height because mm-hmm. it was like just, I had to put my hands up just above my head and kind of work these cables yeah. side to side like that. And, or, and then I was picking up these like 50 foot cables uh, up out of the uh, these giant road cases. It, was, it reminded me of like, you know, playing with the band show, and stuff yeah. like that and doing <laughs> the show. And uh, man, I was like, dude, these cables are a lot more heavier than my like quarter inch instrument cables and stuff <laughs> like that that I kept in my bag. So you were at the New York International Auto Show. I, on the other hand, went down to Palm Beach this weekend, and Kate was working the Palm Beach International Boat Show. Uh, so there was some like heavy duty yachts down there that oh, she was sure. doing some work for. Um, but I flew down on Friday, got in around like six thirty or something like that. And then just spent the week lounging on the beach. And uh, unfortunately, Trump decided to go down there to get away from all you know the march uh, for the gun control stuff. So he just like blocks all the streets. So we couldn't even really get anywhere. So oh, just my kinda goodness. Had to, yeah, he's in town. So yeah. it's kind of like uh, whenever he comes to the city here or when any past yeah. presidents come into the city, it's just like mayhem with, with the street closures. Yeah, but uh, it was good. Good weekend, solid beach time. I was surprised. I had no idea you were going away, and yeah. I sent you a text message, and when I get back in return, <laughs> it was one of those uh, you know, hairy legs on the beach text. I was like, damn, dude, okay. <laughs> you could have just showed me a picture of the ocean or something. Yeah. <laughs> what do they say, like legs or hot dogs? Uh, yes, I don't know. What, did, did that hairy go up hot on? dogs. <laughs> hairy hot dogs. Oh, gross. Is that, did you get that up on the gram? You know? Yeah. No, I didn't put it on the gram. Uh, 
And then last night, Tuesday night, um, I got back on fr- on Monday. So then uh, Tuesday, I had stayed late for work. We had Joe Biden come to the theater and oh, I saw the uh, that was cool. I saw the uh, I think I saw like Instagram story or something. Yeah. I was like, you seen Joe Biden speak? Yeah, <laughs> so that was fun. And uh, you're going to opening day tomorrow for the Mets, right? Yeah, man. I can't, I'm very <laughs> psyched. Big thank you to my buddy Kevin, who was his idea. And he gave me a call a couple of weeks ago, and he said, hey, how about going to the game? And I was like, you know, dude, opening day is like a whole other thing. And he goes, listen, he goes, I'll pick up a couple of tickets, and you're coming with me. So, yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> I, and the, the thing is that when, when I moved into this new apartment, it was like the baseball season had just ended, and I was kind of planning on moving before the season started. Yeah. But yet, it's pretty nice here, and I've kind of gotten settled in. <laughs> And so most of my stuff is like all still packed away. And I had a lot of my things in a storage and I went there yesterday and I'm like, I know I got some Mets hats, you know, buried away in here. Cause I had all like my giants and Islanders stuff out for the winter. Yeah. Uh, and, but they must be buried away too far. So I guess got to pick up a new one for, and I usually get a new Mets cap every season anyways, kind of like my game hat. Uh, but real, like speaking of the grand man, I, I've kind of been off it with the racing lately because I, I needed a little break because Oh, these NASCAR fans guy really got to chill. Enjoy some racing. It's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know what they got to complain about. Oh, well, you know what? We'll, we'll get into that when we when we get into talking about you know the, uh, this weekend's race at Martinsville. Uh, I mean, but I, I think they're kind of they, Kevin Harvick has left a little bit of a bad taste in everybody's mouth with all his winning, and uh, they haven't ex- exactly been the most. Um, like exhilarating races to watch, but I mean, like as you know, race fans like you and I and a lot of other people know that you know there's a lot of other things that happen in the race instead of just beating doors together. But uh, like I said, we'll get into that later in the show. And we uh, missed last week's. So we want to recap those winners. In the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Clint Boyer drove to Victory Lane for the first time since October of 2012. That's 191 races for those of you at home counting. It was on a Monday afternoon uh, after the cup race was postponed due to snow in Martinsville at the end of March. Uh, But he celebrated with an epic burnout, a stage dive into his crew crew members, and his son running down the front stretch to celebrate in Victory Lane. Was the spin in turn three some sort of kind of gesture to you know the spin when he was with michael waltrip racing maybe <laughs> i don't know and then in the truck series john hunter nemechek he held off kyle benjamin after a late race restart with eight laps to go to get his first win at martinsville also on monday that was earlier in the day before the cup race their race got to lap 23 on saturday before uh, that was postponed uh, for two days because of the snow yeah, I dropped the ball on that one. I was actually available to watch the race on Monday, and then I'm, I'm, and I'm like, wait a minute, the truck race! <laughs> <laughs> and then since we missed last week, I just want to give a shout-out to our winners from the regional series from the previous race weekend. So in the NASCAR k Pro West Series from Kern County Speedway Park in Bakersfield, California, Kevin Harvick was fast enough to get the pole and lead 132 laps but after a restart with 43 to go, Cole Rouse and Derek Krause made it three-ride, forcing Harvick to the outside and sending him back into the field. Derek Krause took the lead for the last 17 laps and got the win. Harvick battled back for a fourth-place finish. 
I have this race on my TVR, but I haven't watched it yet. It sounds like it was, it was a good, good race. You should go back. And watch I'm it. definitely going to. Yeah. And then in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, John McKennedy from Massachusetts got the win at the opening race on the Modified Tour at the Performance Plus 150, presented by Safety Clean from Myrtle Beach Speedway, driving the Tommy Baldwin 7NY car. That's it. So the Ground Pounders are off and running this year. Yep. Can't wait. This past weekend, Formula One jumped into action. Australian Grand Prix saw Sebastian Vettel take the win for Ferrari, holding off Lewis Hamilton with, I don't know what goes on with the virtual safety car. And that's like the one rule that goes like right over my head in Formula One, but Vettel took the lead. He wins the first race of the season. Unfortunately, the Haas F1 team struggled with two major pit road mishaps that cost both those cars to retire. Also, last weekend, we missed the 12 hours of Sebring, which was, man, a really cool race. It's so fast, those bumps on that old runway out there. The prototype was won by Pippo Dorane, Johannes de Vanderbrick, and Nicolas Lapierre of the Tequila Racing Patron team. Uh, it was a really fantastic race up into that last hour. They took the lead GTLM with Nick Tandy, Frederick Markiewicz, Patrick Pillay of the Porsche GT team. Another race in the class that saw the lead change later in the event. And then GTD with Paul Miller Racing is up on the podium stand as well. In our last episode, we said that the Formula E was in Uruguay. And in that race, we saw Jean-Eric Verne take home the trophy. And in an epic race last weekend... MotoGP from LaSalle in Qatar. Man, was I waiting for this season to get going. And the first race was a barn burner. Andre De Vizioso over Mark Marquez. On the last lap again, man, you could not take your eyes off the television for a minute. I did to go get an orange from the kitchen. And <laughs> Valentino Rossi went from second to fourth. And I was just like, not moving again. Let's go into DIT3. In the Fantasy League at NASCAR.com. And let's talk about this week's winners. But before we do that, let's just give a shout to last week's winner. And that was Hardy's Racing, Inc. We didn't want to forget him and the dominating victory. It was almost like a perfect score. It was just kind of equated Martin Truex Jr.'s victory in California also. He really blanked all of us. However, this week, the second win of the season, Chicken Pit Racing, 226 points. Winner by 10 over FNK Racing. So close to that first race win of the season. Third, Hardy's Racing. Fourth, defending champ, six seconds faster. He's in that top five again. So looking strong. And then in fifth place, Mythos Motorsports team. Give myself a little round of applause there because I really needed a good points day and I think I'm kind of back in it. And just outside the top 10 in 11th, High Wide and Handsome with 165. A, a little bit better than the last couple of races, Dan. Yeah, I'm like three or four spots up, but you know what? Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski got me three and four points respectively. Like, what? what is that? I, I was like, I picked Clint Boyer, and my long shot of a pick was Jimmy Johnson, man, and I, I thought for a second he was going to get up there and kind of get back to his old ways at Martinsville, but it didn't work out for him, and my, my sweet pick of Truex from the pole didn't really work out either. Yeah, I had Casey Kane as my garage. I should have put him in over so I mean even Denny Hamlin got me six points it was a terrible day for me and then yeah I just went with Martin Truex for all the stage wins and didn't get it I, I had put Ricky Stenhouse in the garage so I thought this would have been a good chance to get him out on the short track 
And you, you know how much I like Ricky Stenhouse, so <laughs> I really was hoping he could come through for me in fantasy. Uh, and the Debr- uh, Waiver Rounders League, which is Degree and Turn 3 Champions League, which has a couple of uh, changes coming up that we'll talk about in some future episodes. Uh, but that's all, uh, Hardy's Racing getting his first win of the season there this weekend. And he went for a big home run shot, which with uh, Almirola and the Dinger, which was a great pick this week. He had a top 10. So nice. good to see some of the Wave Arounders guys in these short tracks get up there and mix it up and get some racing uh, for the win and maybe some stage points yeah. as well. well. One of our Wave Arounders won this race. Oh, matter Clint of fact, Boyer that is, is a Wave true. This uh, Clint Boyer is, in fact, in our elite. And to a little debate between you and I and some of the other guys in the league because they were like, hey, how could you have a guy of Clint Boyer's caliber in the wave around as well? As you stated in the winner's circle, he hadn't won a race in 191 races. And although he had been in some subpar teams, he was in 14 last year, didn't make the playoffs, didn't win a race. Uh, he kind of was relegated down into that level of the drivers. Now going forward next year, he probably will not be because he's looking strong this season and he'll probably get another win i'm getting all right so that about recaps the fantasy want to talk about the race First off, we have to talk about the epic sax national anthem. Bleeding Guns Murphy with the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> I mean, you're our resident saxophone expert. Expert? Yeah, I would say expert. I, I know how to play the saxophone, <laughs> sure. So what would you say about this? Because towards the end there, he got a little like oh, jazzy. He, got, and he, he like, really jazzed it up. Yeah. Uh, which, I don't know. Or how's everyone going to react to that? They don't like it when people jazz up the national anthem, <laughs> but that got like real bluesy towards the end. Yeah, I liked it. I did like it too. Good for cool. him. He was a student from Virginia Tech. And that's one of the things I always like about coming to the race at Martinsville. I don't know if you've noticed, but they typically have either a high school band or some sort of instrumental, old-fashioned, I guess, type of uh, national yeah, anthem. It's cool. I mean, because the track is kind of in the middle of nowhere they're not really near any major metropolitan area so it's kind of cool to kind of have that community outreach and right give it like that and that's actually i happen to just have a conversation with somebody playing nascar heat a fella that's retired and is from the virginia martinsville area Mm uh and he actually is, is is like a distant cousin of the wood family Oh really? Yeah, nice. and uh, he's got some. He had some really great stories to share uh, about like watching racing back in the day, and he what he was saying about like this uh, track. It's a real neighborhood type thing. All the people from that area in Virginia, uh, they really like kind of get into going to the race there. So, I didn't get to watch the race because I was traveling on Monday. But of course, whenever you go to Martinsville, they always have to talk about the hot dogs. So, how many did you watch the race? How many times did they actually mention? 
the Martinsville hot dog. There was plenty of talk about the hot dogs. I don't. I kind of tune it out, and I haven't really been much for watching a lot of pre-race stuff this season because I've just been like hanging out on Sundays and just kind of tuning in when the race starts. Uh, so, and there was something somebody was telling me there was something that with about the hot dogs this time around. They like <laughs> they went back to like an old recipe. I, I don't know. Can we can we talk about something else at Martinsville other yeah. than the hot dogs? Because you're right. It seems it's all they talk about. Well, let's talk about how there was really only one caution in this entire race. There was the stage breaks and then the um, competition caution uh, early in the race because of the snow. So uh, the only caution was towards the end, right? With, uh, McMurray and Dylan, right? Their little tangle, man. It was about as tame of a short track race at Martinsville. You'll ever see. But to me, that's just a product of Monday racing. Every time I seem, or I, I watch a race on Monday, I feel like these guys are, they're racing like, Oh, I'm still my day off. I'm not even supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Yes and no, because, like, I mean, Clint Boyer, we said he got his first win in 190 races. He he got out of that car. I mean, he was... He Elated. was sight. Yeah, I mean, so he it didn't seem like he was driving on his day off, you know, or really taking it easy. Yeah, he made a push to the front and was looking to make it past Ryan Blaney before the second stage ended, but the 14 car was coming fast. I don't know if you saw the text message that I had sent on Monday, but... I decided I was scanning Boyer during the race. I was mm. I was listening to him the whole race. It was cool to to be on board with him on on that race. Yeah. Uh, when he was ultimately you know going to the ch- uh, to the checkered flag, uh, can I say something controversial? Sure. That's what the show is about. I w- really <laughs> displeased with him winning this race. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were like a big Boyer fan. No, I'm not a big Boyer fan. Yeah. I kind of like him. I kind of like him. But I'm kind of over his wackiness because I kind of liked him when I felt like the drivers in the uh, in the garage I felt stale to me. Like there wasn't a lot of personality. And that's yeah. what everyone always says about Clint. Oh, he's yeah. got all this personality. Or he's so and normal and like stuff like that. I, yeah. I, f- I actually find his wackiness to not really be that charming or funny as everybody else does. It kind of is just like an annoying goofiness that lacks comedy. Okay, so you're basically you're over the old guy, and you're all about like the young guys. Then Is well, it's not a, it's not an old guy, young guy thing. It's a guy that hasn't won a race in 190 races, and now wins a race on Monday. And does this like get him solid in that seat for the rest of this season, next season? Because to me, honestly, I had my eyes on that 14 seat for somebody else. Well, now that he won the race, he's in the playoffs, so we know that much, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't like the winning your in thing. <laughs> but that, you know, it kind of puts the pressure off of him for the rest of the season. So we know that he's at least going to be in the playoffs. But now is it how many rounds will he get through and, you know, towards the end of the season? And then that will determine, you know, what happens in that car going forward in the next couple of years. So it, you're saying it kind of relies on his playoff performance now yeah basically i mean they could go out and win the next couple of races and then you could say all right yeah he really deserves to be in that ride for the next few years but as we know it's winning your in so they're kind of gonna i'm assuming they're gonna take it easy the rest of the season until they get to the playoffs i mean that's contrary to nascar's plan with winning you're in but to but that's me that's what the teams do that's they talk what about they, it all the time yeah it's like hey we're in pressure's off and NASCAR thinks they got these guys in a position where they're going to go 
and risk it all to win a race. I see them, they've been playing it closer to the vest, if mm-hmm. anything. We'll see a little more how it develops with stage points and stage win playoff points being awarded because, you know, I mean, we only really have one season in the books to kind of look at it and see how drivers react. And I'm mm-hmm. eager to see what a, another full season produces right. and how we can look back and kind of analyze and look at the numbers and see any trends of what drivers did. Right. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just not that impressed with Clint Boyer, man. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, and his, he has a, not the best reputation for them with the media. Mm-hmm. I and mean, he just got in trouble a couple of weeks ago for walking out, you know, in a late race press cra- conference. Granted, you know, it was after a long race delay and whatnot, but still, I mean, you haven't won a race in 190 season, uh, 190 races. You're not really the caliber of driver that could be like walking out of a press conference or just not being into, uh, you know, talking about. <laughs> we got the race on in the background over here, and like, it's like the third time they showed the hot dog stand. Yeah, <laughs> it's all they got at Martinsville. Oh, now a shot of the hot dog. That looks very appetizing. Oh, that actually, was, I would eat that. You know, I'd eat a lot of those. I, you know what? I don't typically eat hot dogs, but if I made it down oh, to Martinsville, I love hot dogs. Do you? Yeah, I I do like a good dog with sauerkraut on it and 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 ketchup. I do that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I put ketchup on my hot dogs. I don't care because I mean, a hot dog <laughs> is not really sausage. You know, if you're gonna have like a bratwurst or something, then you need sausage. I but completely a hot dog agree. Isn't really. Sausage. I'm on board with you there, man. I don't know. I catch up on like everything, even on my well done steaks. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So a lot of TV and other shows, they're all talking about if the season ended now and kind of like putting the playoff picture together. Is it really like the time to be talking about the playoffs? No. Like, I mean, I, I, I really don't know. See, that's what I go. I can't wait to get this season in the books and look back. Is it too early? We really don't know with the way that the playoff points are awarded. Uh, I know that you know, I'm going to say no. And I'm only going to say no right now because of Kevin Harvick's early season performance and kind of swallowing up a lot of those points. I think the pressure is on a lot of these drivers now to kind of rack up some points yeah. to either catch up to Kevin or put a little distance between them and some of the other drivers. Yeah, I mean, we're only six weeks in. I don't think six weeks is enough to see what everyone has for the rest of the season in the playoffs. I, I mean, would agree there. As, as far as a performance uh, team to team and an individual driver and how that car is doing, yes, I think it's too early to say that Jimmy Johnson is not going to win a race this year. Even though the start of the season, as he's had his struggles I, I don't see. I think I can't say at this point of the year that hey, like uh, no, Jimmy Johnson, like yeah. the handwriting's on the wall for a terrible right. season. They might turn it around. Yeah. I think once you get to like the All Star break, then you can kind of like see what you got for playoff wise. I think that's fair. I got to be honest with you. However, I, I was a little upset with Jimmy Johnson. I mentioned earlier that I had chosen him in the Debris and Turn Three Fantasy League. And I thought that he could get up there today because, like we mentioned with Wave Arounder guys, sometimes on these short tracks, levels the playing field the same way the draft does on the super speedways. Some of these guys can you get that mechanical grip and they can really work the car around the corners and kind of shine a little bit. And I thought that Jimmy Johnson had that opportunity this, this weekend and he was doing it on Monday. He, was, he got up into the top 10 and, in fact, he scored stage points twice by getting the 10th place. 
uh, but then dropped back to 15th at the end of the race. And I thought that was a little lackluster and disappointing performance, uh, despite everything that's happened early this year. Just in this particular race, they had looked good. And then when you're used to the 48 team kind of galvanizing and coming together and pushing for a big finish, they struggled and actually fell back. So yeah. that's a little different from that team. I mean, from the start of the race, you had all the Penske cars up front, the Gibbs cars, and all four Haas cars were in like the first four row, four or five rows. I mean, we've know, we know that the Fords are fast this year. Toyota is still hanging in there, you know, from last year. So, you know, I don't know what's going on with with the Chevys that these guys can't compete. Because, like, we had Dem- uh, Hamlin winning the first stage, Blaney getting the second stage, and Boyer obviously winning. So that's a one Toyota and two Fords. And the highest scoring Chevy this week uh, wasn't a top 10 Alex Bowman with seventh place, which mm-hmm. is a good finish for him. Yeah. He should be proud about that. Did you see the text message with Junior? I saw the headline, but I didn't see it. It was something about he forgot or something that he's not a rookie. Yeah, he, yeah, he like te- Bowman texted uh, Junior, and Junior like congratulated him and was like, you know, congrats on your like first race at Martinsville, and like called him a rookie or something. He's like, it's my fifth race at Martinsville, and did like the little <laughs> like what emoji, and is yeah, it was funny. That is pretty <laughs> funny, and a a good finish for Chase Elliott, who was struggling and went a lap down a couple of times but managed to fight back and get a top 10 finish. So, I mean, th- and th- so there was a lot of stuff on the racetrack that wasn't really so exciting, but then when you start looking at the the score sheet at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and, and that's where you start looking at, hey, like that guy, he had a tough day, really kind of got together, and, you know, that's there's a lot of stories in the field in racing that you don't just see. And I feel like that's, man, his race fans, I don't know. I don't know what they're looking for in a race. I, I granted it wasn't the most exciting Martinsville race, but we saw Denny Hamlin win stage one and then fall off. We had a battle with Brad Keselowski at the end of the stage. It was a really a three-car battle with uh, Brian Blaney jumping in there, who, who then took the stage two victory after Denny Hamlin fell off. Mm-hmm. And then in the final stage of the race, Blaney couldn't uh, hang tough, and that's when we saw Clint Boyer take the lead. So, I mean, it, was, it wasn't like there was just... Well, we didn't see a dominating performance today. We saw the lead change hands, and right. it was just Clint Boyer that put the whole thing together, and, and the 14 team came home victory. Yeah. Well, from what I hear, Boyer kind of dominated the second half of the race, but we've talked about this a couple of times in the last few weeks about how this season there seems to be all these old-school type of races happening where when the race finishes there's really only a handful of guys left on the lead lap. And I think that happened again this week where there was really only, you know, a couple of guys left. Yeah. On the I don't lap. think that it, and like Stenhouse 15. was down 19 laps or something like that. Like he had some problems. Uh, also Bubba Wallace had some tire issues yeah. and saw themselves uh, really mired back in the pack the whole race. Uh, I remember I was watching Landon Castle in his first race in the double zero. Got actually a mention on TV. Yeah. There was a sponsor on that car this week, but then they retired for some mechanical issues and finished dead last. Uh, today, NASCAR penalized four teams for having loose lug nuts uh, during the post-race inspection. That was the three of Austin Dillon, the 13, uh, the 34, and the 42. Um, but speaking of pit road... Here we go. Here's a pass to the lead in stage two. Uh, Suarez had a pit gun issue. Pit issue. gun snapped in half. I don't know what the whole story is there, but it wasn't like 
he was changed guy was changing the tires and the lug nut you know hung up and the gun broke from what i understand the gun kind of flung in the pit box and hit a wall and broke but still you would expect a tool i, I mean as a guy that works with tools you would hope that it kind of stand up to that type of abuse on pit lane during a nascar race and if these are the guns that they're buying and giving to the teams man they, they gotta get better ones yeah, I mean, they've already adjusted the hose lengths and some uh, you know, some issues that the teams were having. I guess NASCAR has to go back to this company that's making these pit guns and say, like, hey, can't be snapping in half on pit road. I mean, I'm sure they have, you know, they got backups They must have backups or something. But yeah, but that still, should not be I happening. Mean, and it's just another reason for NASCAR fans to complain about... They're very uh, good at that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get into some of the news that's going on this week, which is also a lot of the stuff that NASCAR fans are complaining about. (laughs) So I was scrolling through Facebook the other day, and this cool little article came up on My Race News. I think it was shared in, like, the Modified Tour fan page or something. Um, But it was all about uh, John Visconti. He's the son of famed Long Island racer Cookie Visconti. He owns... Uh, modified. So last couple of years, he was running the crate mods at Riverhead. Um, that number 74. The number 74 IGA car. Uh, they were also on the modified tour. Uh, CJ Lehman was running the car for those two divisions. John wound up selling the modifieds this year to go K&N racing. Moving south. Yeah. It's a cool little article, I guess. And uh, he had a good run at their first race. Yeah. But he had a tire going down towards the end. Yeah. But then I think battled back for a top 10 or something. Yeah, they did pretty good. But I guess John is friends with Brett Bodine, according to this article. And Brett told him that there was an Xfinity team available. It looked like he was going to buy that. He's also friends with Tommy Baldwin. You know, they had some discussion and kind of Tommy kind of convinced him to not quite go to Xfinity yet. But, you know, go to the Xfinity route. I mean, the K&N route. And he got a car from Tommy. You know, Tommy's got a lot of the cup engineering in those cars. So... I mean, it's cool. It's what you do when you're in the Northeast. You want to go south, get cup racing? Yeah. Talk to Tommy Baldwin Jr. Yeah. So, I mean, they like for this article says, you know, maybe we'll be seeing him in a couple of years purchase an Xfinity team or a truck team next, you know. Um, but Brandon McReynolds, Larry's son, is driving this car in the K&N series. A great idea to put that kid in the car because then you're going to have Larry Mack around probably. And I'm sure yeah. Larry Mack still has a couple of tricks up his sleeve and... Uh, you know, he throws his two cents into what to do with the race car here and there. That's going to, you know, help that team out a lot. Yeah. So congrats to them for running, for doing that and running. And that's K&N. great because more owners, you need guys that want to go down there and get involved and yep. be part of the racing because let's look at all the owners in the cup series right now. I mean, they're all elderly owners. Yeah. And there's really only a few of them that own three or four cars each, you know, so that's going to be the next big thing to happen. We have all these the young racers. What's going to happen one day when we have a change in ownership? Well, maybe, hopefully, you get more owners that have one- and two-car teams. What else do you got, Dan, in the news? Uh, I lost my place. Keeping it with the NASCAR stuff, um, Justin Bontenior and a couple other teams were at Thompson today testing because they're going to have the icebreaker there in two weeks. Okay, cool. Um, and then Danica unveiled her IndyCar Yes. Uh, the Indy 500 car, I should say. Yes. The number 13. 
looks go daddy cool. colors, everything. So looks pretty cool. All right, she's gonna nice. So I'll be pulling for her in that race. Yeah. And then speaking of IndyCar, this came out last week or two weeks ago, but NBC is going to be the exclusive TV home to IndyCar in 2019. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I, IndyCar already does a lot of great coverage with their YouTube page and everything that they offer at their weekends. And if you tune in on a race weekend, you can catch all the action at the racetrack. They might not have announcers during uh, the coverage, but they'll have, and I don't think they have people manning the cameras <laughs> to turn like as the cars go by. Yeah. They mostly have the cameras like on a fixed position out of a corner or something. And maybe one technician in the booth kind of just changing just the button. Because <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of it for the other racing news. Um, Let's talk about some other racing, though, because yeah. we're not. So we NASCAR is off this weekend because Easter. Yep. And then we're going to take off our schedule. We are scheduled to take off next week. We had agreed. So we'll, yeah. we're not going to have a show next week. We're going to have a show the following week, which is going to be after the 500 miles at Texas. So we're going to look at to some of the racing that's going to be happening that weekend, which they're most are off this weekend mm-hmm. and they all come back in a big, that's a big race weekend, the yeah. 7th and the 8th of April. Yeah, on the 8th, you got the Modified Tour at Thompson, the Icebreaker. Uh, so that's a Sunday afternoon race, actually. So, Interesting. A Sunday so it'll, afternoon. It'll be, I guess, I'm, on around the same time as Cup Series. It's not going to be on TV live, but... Yeah, that's kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. T- I, I, I'm trying to think back of like, has the icebreaker been on Saturday afternoons? Has it been on Sunday afternoons in the past? But it's just goes, another one of these things where everyone wants Saturday night racing. I want to see the cup races under the lights Saturday night. Well, don't, there's other racing going on at Saturday nights. I feel like Sunday afternoon is reserved for the big series. Yeah, definitely. Even though the racing under the lights does look really cool. It does look cool, but I, I always like, day racing the same way i prefer going to a day baseball game over a night game i'm with you there you know, there's just something about sitting in the sun and enjoying a sporting event oh yeah i completely agree there i usually kind of take myself out once a year to a ball game and i like to get a field level seat i'll go alone if i and just like one time a year i like to just go and keep score of a game and getting some sun Hanging out. Yeah. All right, let's get back to racing stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little pumped because tomorrow's opening day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that same, same weekend, the 7th and 8th, IndyCar is going to be at Phoenix. April 8th, the MotoGP is going to be in Argentina. And then the following weekend, the 13th and 14th, Formula One at Long Beach on the 13th and 14th. K&N East is at Bristol Motor Speedway on April 14th. Formula E is in Rome on April 14th. And then the K&N West series, they pick back up on May 5th at Tucson Speedway. Yeah, so that's a big look ahead. But there's some great racing that you don't want to miss. And right now, that MotoGP, if you happen to catch it, they're in the Western Hemisphere in Argentina. Because sometimes it's like you're, you're like having breakfast or yeah. you're up really <laughs> late or some weird hours at night to try to catch what's going on there. Yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of racing going on in the next weekend coming up. Back to NASCAR. They're off this weekend all three series for Easter, and then they're back in Texas. Yeah. 500 miles for the Cup on Sunday, 300 miles for the Xfinity Series on Saturday. Yep. 
and the trucks we won't see until May the 4th. Star Wars Day. <laughs> Friday, April 6th, is qualifying for the Cup Series. That's at 5.45 on FS1. So you know what you got to do. Got to get your picks, get those in picks in if you want those five bonus points. Yeah. <laughs> Some guys have just been chalking it up to just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. I've noticed. Because <laughs> they've been consistently getting their picks in without the qualifying. Yeah. Whatever. People are doing a lot better than me, so. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you've been yeah. making all your picks for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Saturday, April 7th, that is the NASCAR Xfinity Series. They're doing the... My Bariatric Solutions 300. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, that's 3 o'clock on Fox. And then Sunday, April 8th, the Cup Series, O'Reilly Auto Parts 500, And they're 2 on PM. FS1, huh? Yeah, they're on FS1. I don't know how that happened. But. Well, I, I, I've noticed that sometimes with Fox. I guess maybe the Saturday afternoon programming is a little light, so maybe they'll put them on, and then... I, I think that they try to put the Cup Series on FS1 to try to get people to tune into that particular network. So this will be an interesting race in two weeks because we've gone to Texas twice now after the reconfiguration. Turn one and two groove seems to be growing a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next time we go back. I'm a little concerned. Uh, we don't really know... Because we're a couple of weeks out at Texas, there aren't really a lot of stories developing for that race just yet. I think a lot of these drivers are looking forward to their off weekend, and I'm sure the teams at the shop are still feverishly working and preparing for Texas. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's uh, let's make our picks for Texas. Okay. Who who did you pick last week? Well, we didn't. We, do we that. didn't pick anyone because <laughs> we missed. The so show. We, we each kind of like bank a driver now, so we could use somebody good. Yeah. I don't even remember who I don't have my actual sheet with me, so I'm trying I'm trying to look through it on on the computer and see who I took. But uh, at the top of the show before we started, you said you thought you had a pick, so let's hear your pick. Yeah, first. I'm going to go because I guess it's about as home as a close to a hometown race as the guy can get. I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez hmm. in Texas. I feel like the Toyotas are going to be strong on this. You know, quick, smooth racetrack. They're going to need a lot of horsepower. Uh, we don't know where the Chevys are at just yet. And I'm a little concerned about this race because of the start to this. Like this, we had this like old school type start to the season. And, I'm, uh, and a lot of the fans are starting to get a little anxious. They want to see some action. And I don't know if we're really going to see it coming up at Texas. Like you said, hopefully that second groove uh, starts to come in a little more on that big and wide first and second corner. Yeah. Um, that reminded me, I took Suarez at Fontana. Right. And you had taken someone else in the Gibbs camp, but I can't remember who it was. Jeez Louise, I can't remember either. We'll have to go look. I, my sheet's up. It, it's here in the, yeah. in, in the room somewhere. Um, come on, Dan. Who's dang. it going to be? This head-to-head. You're winning right now. You're going to stay in yeah. the lead. I mean, just looking at previous, pick. previous uh, out winners. The dog is getting race. anxious. She wants to go out. She's <laughs> saying that this show is done. <laughs> I would like to take the previous winners, or the previous winner, I should say, okay. from Texas, who won in April of 2017. Okay. But I'm not going to use him because 
Okay. Been running really Who well. was that? Who are you not going to use? That was Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. I think. Man. Oh, I liked how they like up and along the wall in the corners in Martinsville. They still had some of the snow piled up. <laughs> Remind me of like that dirty snow. Just yeah. <laughs> and it was getting darker and grayer, and with the rubber flying around. Remind me of the slushy gray snow on the side of the LIE after a big storm. All right, I got my pick. Who's going to be? I am going to take number nine, Chase Elliott. Wow, okay. Chase Elliott in Texas versus Daniel Suarez from the Gibbs camp. All right, we'll see who comes out ahead there. We look at the wave arounders. We'll get all those picks in. The Debris and Turn 3 Fantasy League at NASCAR.com. We have the show at debrisinturn3.podbean.com. You got to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Rate and review us. Yeah, that's that other part, right? Yeah, I always forget. That's the most important part. Drop us a line. Become part of the Debris and Turn 3 fan community. Check out the show. The entry lists are always open each and every week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. When's the next show? I think it was April 11th is going to be our next show. Yeah. Is that a good place to leave it? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, until next time, from Brooklyn, my name is Matt. My name is Dan. This is Debris and Turn 3. See ya. Signing off. Bye. So long for two weeks. <laughs>